0: Boil the moms in your life with clean vegan skin and body care from OSEA. Get 10% off your first orders site wide with the code YOGA at OSEAMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl Podcast Conversations from the Heart. How are you doing? Hmm, How is your heart? How is your life? How's your body? How's your health? Let's take a moment just to hold ourselves the way we are right here, right now. So if you want, you can place a hand to your heart. You can close your eyes and just, we won't be here too long, but just take a moment to hold yourself in this place, meaning whatever is going on in your life right now. You know, whatever struggles you're facing, whatever beauty is present in your life, whatever joy and sorrow is here now, just take this moment right now to be with everything that is. Hmm. Like this is your life. This is this moment. This is now. This is where you are. And we take a long, deep, full breath in. And out. Hmm. And if you want, you can just stay here with your hand to your heart, just staying present with yourself as you listen to this show. If you want, you can flutter the eyes open. Hmm. Hey. (laughs) I'm having a lot of these moments lately, just little touch points where without, you know, anchoring into like a full meditation session or anything like that, just little moments where I place my hand to my heart, I close my eyes and I... Hold myself. Hmm. Someone asked me today, a journalist asked me today, I was doing an interview for a, for a wellness magazine and a journalist asked me, you know, what is, what is self-love and how do you move towards self-love? And I answered, you know, for me, self-love really is allowing myself to be the way I am. Holding myself in every way even the parts of me that I have deemed bad or ugly or shameful. That for me is the practice of self-love. I don't think self-love is like, you know, looking in the mirror going, oh my God, I love myself so much. I mean, it's that too. Or like waking up one day and all of a sudden we just feel this overwhelming sense of compassion for ourselves. For me, the the self-love, it's really a practice, You know, and it's anchoring into that again and again throughout the day, our ability to hold ourselves the way we are, no matter what is going on. Right. So, even when we are useless, we're not doing anything. Even when we make mistakes, when we fuck up, you know, when we do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing, when we're ashamed, when we're not pretty. You know, when we're feeling petty or jealous or guilty, like all of those things, when we're angry and sad and being able to sit with ourselves in those moments and hold ourselves then too and allow and accept ourselves in those moments too, you know, those parts of ourselves too. That for me is, is the practice of self-love. And it's so funny because, you know, I struggle with this so much. I've struggled with self-love my entire life. And the reason, or kind of how that's manifested is, I, I've been really good at celebrating myself when I do good, you know? Like, I ace something, or I create something, or I produce something awesome, or I perform in a good way. I can pat myself on the shoulder and go, good job, Rachel. Like, you're, you're really good at all those things. But then, when I'm not quote-unquote good, you know, when I'm bad, or when I'm sick, like right now I'm super <laughs> still, super ill, When I feel like worthless, like I'm not producing anything, when I'm lazy, you know, when I'm jealous of other people's successes, when I'm not present with my friends, when I'm a bad friend or a bad mom or a bad wife, you know, when I, when I'm not in that state of of doing great, you know, then all of a sudden I start rejecting myself. I start bypassing myself and my entire experience and all of those moments. And I jump into, Ooh, that's a bad feeling. Let me go fix that. Let me go do something great, produce something, like make myself feel seen somehow so I can skip that feeling of worthlessness. And going about it that way means we spend so much time in our day denying ourselves, you know, rejecting ourselves, not holding ourselves the way we are, telling ourselves that we're only good and lovable when we do good things, but we're not lovable anymore when we just are you know, in my essence of being when there's no doing, then I'm not worthy, right? I have to do and create and be good to be lovable. And I'm so in that practice now of holding myself all the time, (laughs) all the time, especially in those moments when, man, I feel like the smallest human being in the universe right now. You know, I feel like so totally hopeless and worthless and something's wrong with me. And instead of jumping into that fixing place of how can I make myself feel better or how can I do better so then I can accept myself, right? To just be with that, place my hand on my heart and hold myself in that moment of feeling totally worthless and acknowledge that, yeah, that's me too, you know? Rachel is not just the Rachel that feels great and that's successful and that can pat myself on the back when I do good, you know, that's capable and able and all of that. Like there's also me feeling small. There's also me feeling worthless. There's also me feeling like I'm doing something wrong all the time. Okay, let me be with that part of myself because that part is just as valid as the part of me that does important stuff all day long. You know, it's all me. And I spent so much of my life rejecting big parts of myself and then trying to love the other pieces, you know? And it doesn't, like, that's just been such a huge epiphany for me. Like, it really, truly doesn't work that way. We are one whole being. We are not fragmented and separated in, separate into these different pieces, you know? We're one whole being. And self-love, it's like, I gotta love and hold all of me. Even those parts that I have deemed unworthy or shameful or bad. I don't get to pick and choose. And when I reject certain parts, I reject all of me. That's it. It's like full rejection or full compassion. It's full rejection or full separation. There's no halfway point. And it's a practice. You know, I got to tell you, it's a practice. Like even now, I had some super strange news, like literally right before recording this show, Also, by the way, (laughs) I pushed recording this show as much as I could because I really wanted this to be the podcast that I got to open and say, surprise, I'm feeling amazing. (laughs) All my spiritual work is working. All my physical health stuff is working and I'm feeling fantastic again. I can't wait for that podcast to arrive. Like I trust it's gonna eventually. But yeah, I'm entering week seven of this pneumonia related podcast illness right now. And you can tell by my voice, like I'm still I'm not not great. And of course, you know, I push this podcast because I want to be the good Rachel, right? I want to show the world the healthy Rachel, the Rachel that feels amazing. Like there's a part of me that feels like I'm doing something wrong. Otherwise I wouldn't be sick, right? So I want to like get it right and be amazing and feel fantastic and, you know, be inspirational and motivate you to live your best life. Because look at me living my best life. And it's like, I look at my life right now, like this is not my best life, you know, but this is my life. This is my life right now. This is the life I have in this moment. This is it now, here, now, you know. And I can't change it, you know, no matter how. And I've, I've shared that in the past couple of podcasts. Like I've tried really, really hard and still here I am. So instead of denying this life or rejecting this life or deeming this life as like, you know, not as worthy or good as me living my best life. You know, what does that even mean? Live your best life. Like, that's a shit ton of pressure. <laughs> I hear that I hear that saying or that like term so much. Like, you got to live your best life. I want to be living my best life and, and being my best self. And it's like, what what is that even? What is that even? Like, who invented that term? My best life. I don't want the pressure of having to like perform at 110% at every moment of the day for everything to align so that my life is the best life, you know? How about like a good life? <laughs> like I honestly, like I would settle for a good life, just a good life. Like I would settle for just good health, you know, like a good mindset, like a good dynamic in my life where just things are good. They don't have to be the best, you know? I Like I would be super happy if things were just like good, and since oftentimes we don't really get the opportunity to pick and choose, you know, when life is going to be the best life or the worst life, it's like those things just come our way and it's out of our control. Shit happens. Life happens, right? So maybe where we need to settle is just living life and, and skip that big pressured label of it having to be the best or really good, you know? And for me, that, that's my spiritual journey now. It's like, okay... When life is just life, can I just be here with what is? Can I accept and allow and just be with the flow of what is coming my way? And maybe even at some point of my life, actually, you know, become comfortable with the fluctuations of it all. And maybe even begin expecting that life isn't supposed to be good all the time or epic all the time or the same all the time. It's like, we all know everything is cyclical, that pendulum swings back and forth. We go from great to bad, to awesome, to mundane, to not great and back up again. You know, that's what life is. And still, every time we go from bad to not good, you know, or we go from great to feeling not great. I mean, we're like shocked, like, what's wrong, (laughs) what's wrong with the universe what's wrong with my life oh my god let me figure everything out and put all the puzzle pieces together perfectly and hold on really tight and then maybe i'll get back to great again you know instead of letting go and going oh okay i'm back in this phase now you know and i'm i mean i'm so bad at this like i really really am i can talk circles about all of this you know so much I can intellectualize it and like understand that concept of my head but still every time when something quote-unquote bad happens or an obstacle comes my way I'm like surprised again what why why is that here (laughs) can I get back to living my best life please Like, I don't want the pneumonia version of that life no I want the version of my life where I'm running every day feeling fantastic can I go back there please (laughs) And it's like, "Mm, apparently not, you know, the letting go, the letting go, the letting go, like just returning to that again and again. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. So yeah, this is where I am. Few big things that kind of have shifted a bit this week. You know, I've I've had this very kind of depressed mindset or I've been in a really depressed state of mind for almost a month, um trying to be on the couch. Like I've had a lot of internal stress and also physically feeling awful is exhausting, you know. Every day having another day feeling physically terrible. It sucks. It sucks. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like oh, it's fine. Like it's not fine. It it's really sucks. It really sucks. But on Friday so our, our best friends are here and uh, my best friend Olivia we're gonna do a podcast together by the way I know you guys are waiting for a show with Olivia it's just been hard with all of the all of the stuff we have going on but Olivia's mom turned 70 this weekend I'm super close to her she's an amazing woman and they rented this little house, the same house I rented back in December when I went to go have some alone time. So it's this beautiful house with a, a big dock right on the ocean. So it's like, I mean, actually the house is not great. Like I dream of acquiring that property and I would just probably bulldoze the house to the ground because the house is super weird, but you're not even in the house. It's like there's amazing dock right on the ocean. It's totally private. It's just, you're in the sea or on the sea all day. Like you don't spend any time inside and just in the water you know and then on friday they all went there spending the weekend there and then dennis took leia there and i was on the couch feeling so 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 sorry for myself like this was like my peak worst like couple of days like i was just feeling so awful And I was so tired and so sad and feeling so shitty. I didn't even have the energy to turn the lights on in the house. I was like lying in the dark, which I never do. Like I always, even when I'm sick, like every day we light candles in the evening. Like we always have like ambiance. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably see we have like orange or like really warm red hues all around the house. I'm a Libra. I'm all about ambiance. So for me to lie in the dark in a pitch black house is really weird and I just didn't have the energy to like, turn the lights on, you know, and I'm just lying on the couch. And then I go to Dennis's, like I see Dennis posted an Instagram story. And in this story, it just shows this amazing sunset, like in this place where they are, where well, the sun is about to set, everyone's swimming, everyone's laughing. There's just so much freedom and joy and everyone's in the ocean and everyone's together, right? And I'm not, this is like our little community and I'm not there. And I just started bawling, like I'm just lying on the couch, crying, feeling so sorry for myself, feeling the biggest FOMO ever, you know. And I decided like, okay, tomorrow, no matter how I feel, even if I feel worse, I'm going to pack a little bag and I'm going to head over there and like spend some time by the sea. Like I don't care what happens, I'm going over there. And funny thing is, like I did that in the morning, brought Leia, went there and as soon as I got to the ocean it was like something in my soul just oh, it was like a big exhale and it didn't change anything in terms of how like physically you know was going on with my body like not being able to breathe and coughing and my ears and I have sinus stuff and all this stuff it didn't really change any of that but just It was for my soul like I could sense just my soul exhaling in a sense and it shifted my mindset it brought some ease into my mind like it put an end to that kind of negative like victimized thinking I've been really stuck in and you know I was totally resting it wasn't like I was running around or doing anything crazy I just lying on the couch there like on this little like couch daybed thing on the dock one in the ocean, came out of the ocean, my ear popped for the first time. Like my ears have been blocked for 10 days now. And that day was the first, then it'd been five days or something then, but it was the first time I could hear for a moment through one of my ears and then it closed again, but still like I had a moment. And I'm just lying there like reading a book, drinking a smoothie, you know, having people around me, like some sunshine, some ocean. By the end of that day, I felt totally different you know totally totally different and it's not that all of a sudden you know my illness went away but really like having some optimism in our lives is a deal breaker and we know that we know that that the sicker we feel the harder it is to heal you know it's like mindset is a big component to healing feeling hopeful mental health it's like our mental health gets worse as our physical health deteriorates so finding something to snap us out of that bad mental state i think can go a really long way to actually healing physical stuff in our bodies too and i'm just so grateful i got to have that whole day like in the ocean and just surrounded by people and laughter and no it was so good so Sunday, Monday, like the couple of days after that, I was starting to feel incrementally like a little bit better every day, not a ton, but just a little bit better every day. And of course, brought me this feeling of like, it's happening, you know, and I'm trying to not jinx it. I'm like, just every day I slept a little better. I woke up with less of a headache. My ears are a little better, like coughing a little less. And it's just like, okay, it's slow, but at least I can feel like I'm healing now, you know, because you don't feel like you're healing when you feel worse every day. At least it's like it's very, very minor and slow, but there is like some hope. Right. And then the next day I woke up in the morning and I was so much worse, so much worse. And now I'm back in that place of like, okay, I I can't figure this out. Truly can't. I just I just have to go with the flow. I have no other choice. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, Something that, I, um, that I'm sitting with really, really, really deeply. And th- that feels like every time I, I, I sit down in meditation or I sit with tea, I'm sitting with my tea ceremony every day or in tea ceremony every day, I can't take my mind off of what happened in my childhood that's connected to how I'm feeling right now. I really can't. I, I can't stop thinking about this. Like I really, really, really have this feeling like the big things that came my way when I was exactly Leia's age You know, I believe that watching our children in the same age that we were when something really hard or traumatic happened in our lives when we were kids, watching our kids at that same age, I think it draws this big ancestral parallel in our lives. You know, I, I really, really, I think it awakens the trauma from back then when our kids become that same age. I don't think it's a huge coincidence that, you know, it was when I was when I was four, right before I turned four, I had my first ever big asthma attack that like hospitalized me and like that started this big, big, big time in my life where I was in and out of the hospital where I was always having asthma attacks. Like it was, it really happened when when I was exactly the same age that Leia is now. I don't think that it's a coincidence that I'm struggling with my asthma now as an adult, 32 years old, watching my child in the exact same age I was when it happened to me the first time. And I know it sounds woo-woo and new agey, but I truly wholeheartedly believe that there is a massive connection there. Yes. And I also think certain things are out of my control and, you know, COVID slash pneumonia or whatever it is, this thing, whatever started this thing that I have now that's really lingering I I really believe it's something super emotional and internal as well. Like I fully, fully believe that. And funnily enough, I actually had a consultation with a doctor uh, of something called German New Medicine. If this intrigues you, you can look it up. There's videos about it on YouTube. Maybe you can find practitioners online or in your area if you want to. But it's this field of medicine that goes to the root causes of trauma for all illness all of it and I know that's like as woo as things can get but I I, I think that there, there's no harm in doing all of these things at the same time, right So they uh, they fully believe that there's no such thing as a viral infection like they don't believe in germ theory, they don't believe in like all these things that I that I really believe in like scientific stuff, but that all illness is a result of a shock to our emotional system and I believe that too. like I believe these things can go hand in hand, right? So I was sharing. She was like, well, how did the illness start? And I said, well, my daughter came home with a cough. Everyone in school was coughing. So in this kind of medicine, if you can even call it that, they would say that, oh, something happened in school. It could be like a small little jolt or like a little shock of some sort that happened in school that scared the kids. And that's why the kids are coughing. Okay. Yeah. I know this sounds crazy. So bear with me. And that, so there's no such thing as a viral infection. It's all there, and I'm listening to this, like you know, with a grain of salt. Like I'm gonna take take home what resonates with me, and like leave the other stuff, you know. So I don't believe that. I believe there there are things as bacteria and viruses, and you know we can get sick. Like obviously, in the world, we've seen this like on a massive, massive scale. But what she was asking, what really intrigued me was what happened when you were little, right around the time you had your first asthma attack? Like what big events? And she was sharing that asthma and anything around the lungs, it's it's related to shock, it's related to feelings of being out of control, isolation and grief. So for me to sit with that, like around that time of my life, what were the things that could have been a shock to my system as a four-year-old child that brought on this in the first place? And that to me, I really, really, I mean, fully believe. And I don't think it, it has to be that it's only traumatic or only emotional. I think all of these things can work together, you know, think illness and it's like a multifaceted, super nuanced thing, but that it's physical And emotional and spiritual and energetic and all these things like they 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 go hand in hand and I've been really thinking about that you know it was the most traumatic time of my life when I was when I was that age it was this super scary time for me in so many ways my parents divorced in this really violent way and and I barely remember anything from that time and the big traumatic things like my mother's suicide attempts that came after that and losing my stepdad and this really traumatic accident and and having that separation between my parents in a violent like scary way and then my mom checking out my dad checking out like not having anyone to hold me you know it's like a lot of stuff at that time and when i think back to the asthma like how it would manifest of course this feeling of of fear you know this total fear of not being held, you know, not being able to breathe not being able to literally invite in and hold the life force that sustains us, the inhale and the exhale, the breath. It's like deep down, I don't really trust that life has my back. Like I'm not held here. I'm unsupported. I'm all alone. And I think those were the big feelings that I was sitting with as a four and five year old, you know, like I'm really alone. Like I, I don't have anyone who has my back. I have to take care of myself, which is, you know, how do you do that when you're four? You can't, it's like you're at the mercy of everything. Your parents are everything, it's all you have. And when I've been sitting with this, remembering these big asthma attacks that I would have, so first of it, that fear, like I can feel that fear present now. I can feel it in the asthma attacks I'm getting now and I can feel how old it is. I can feel like it's like, this is not present moment. It's not, it's not. I can sense there's this old gripping energy present there. And at the same time, when I was little, the times in my life when I was really seen, you know, when everyone would drop everything and really see me, that's when I had the asthma, right? So it's almost like the asthma became a way for me to be held, Almost like I intelligently created that inside of myself to make sure that other people would hold me, to make sure that they would see me, to make sure that I would get the attention and the love and the support that I needed, you know. And I only got that through these really scary asthma attacks, you know, but when I think of it that way, it's like how intelligent, <laughs> how intelligent are our beings that we create these things for ourselves. And then I'm not saying all illness is self-created or anything like that. You guys know I don't believe that. Like viruses exist, illnesses are real. Like I'm not a science denier, but I think there is something to this as well, right? Like my dad has asthma, my sister has asthma, it's genetic, but then we all know that trauma can be passed down through generations, right? So how much of it is purely physiological and like out of our control and how much of it is, is passed down traumatic events, fear passed down through generations, like that's really real. And if you listen to this show, I'm sure you've had moments in your own life where you can really sense that. Ancestral healing is real. We can heal now and heal then, right? By healing now, we heal what we couldn't heal then. We can heal for past generations too and into the future. Like we know that's so real. And I'm really sitting with right now, okay, like what if this big, lung, breath-related thing I'm going through now that's really lasting a long time? What if it's part of a massive healing that transcends space and time? What if this is me holding myself or giving myself the opportunity to hold myself in a way I never was when I was a kid, to face the fear of I'm all alone, no one's going to take care of me, you know, that feeling of I don't know if I'm going to make it that scary, scary place of being left all alone, of not being seen or held. And as an adult, being able to give myself that presence, you know, to give myself that love and to ask for support from the people in my life who are holding me right now because I have so many of them, you know. And what if what if there's a way to heal what we call chronic illnesses, like asthma is chronic? I've never believed that. I never have. And I meet people all the time I was talking to this amazing woman yesterday who healed asthma as an adult through trauma work. Like trauma work was like a big piece of it. And and of course, lots of other things and other ways and, 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 and remedies and things like that as well. But I believe in my ability to heal. You know, I really do. And it's almost like this place where I'm at right now, it's like I can almost grasp it. It's like the answer is out there. You know, there's a big purpose in all of this. I, I can feel it but I can't define it yet. I don't know what it is. I don't know, it's, it's all very elusive. I'm sure I'm not making any sense just sharing this with you right now, but there's something about what was then and what is now. And I'm going through a, a deeply challenging time right now with my mom and, and some strange things happening. And I can sense every time, because I haven't spoken to her for over a year now or had her in my life for over a year, and as things come up that relate to her it's almost like i can sense my body retracting i can sense that inner child going like i don't know if this is safe you know i don't know if it's a if it's a safe space to navigate back to that relationship so it's a it's a it's a hard thing you know because if 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 i were to sit here and go everything i'm feeling right now is purely physiological It has nothing to do with mindset, nothing to do with energy, nothing to do with my emotional state, nothing to do with trauma, nothing to do with ancestral stuff, nothing to do with any of that. It's just physical, right? It's just physiological. What would I be doing? I would be sitting at my doctor's office asking for another x-ray or asking for another round of antibiotics that didn't work the first time right? I would be asking for more pharmaceuticals and I wouldn't have like any kind of understanding of of how to hold myself in any of these other ways. And it's like, okay, I, I did that pharmaceutical route. It didn't do anything at all. So how can I now hold myself in the space where I am and invite all of these other multifaceted parts of who I am? Like healing. It's not just that physical thing where like, oh, you have a bacterial thing here let's kill it with medicine okay that that wasn't it so what is it how can I hold my inner child right now you know and sit with the discomfort and the fear of what's coming up right now and maybe even make the connection between things that are triggering me now as an adult that are taking me back to that same wound from when I was a kid and also like being able to navigate this beautiful, safe life that I have right now. I get to raise a four-year-old that's totally safe. She's so safe. She's so safe. She's so happy. She's, She's, you know, so held. She's the most held kid in the world. Like, how beautiful is that? And I think part of giving that to her is also giving that to myself. And maybe every day sitting with this illness right now, if I can hold myself in all the parts of myself, you know, hold myself when I'm scared, hold myself when I'm worthless, hold myself when I'm beautiful and when I'm strong, like hold all of those parts of myself. Maybe that practice of being in that right now is healing what's meant to be healed. I don't know. I don't know. I also have this feeling like I'm on the right track. And that's something, you know, in the big picture of everything, like... I'm going somewhere and it's it's on the right track. And it's it's okay to not know every step of the way. You know, it's okay to fumble in the dark if you know that somewhere ahead there is light. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Stumbling through the dark, but trusting that there is light ahead. And I know, I can say this right now. Okay, you guys, I'm recording this. It's March 4th. I know there's gonna be a moment in time where I refer back to, hey, remember that podcast I recorded where I didn't know if healing this illness and asthma, if it was real or not, if it was emotional or related to trauma or not. And look at it now, look at this massive epiphany. Like now I know everything made sense. It had to be exactly that way. I'm gonna record that podcast, probably not next week, but it's gonna come, right? And I'm gonna refer back to this moment of March 4th when I don't know anything. (laughs) Remember March 4th where I knew nothing (laughs) and I was trying to make sense of all of these pieces? Wow, how beautiful, you know, how beautiful. And if we all could get a little closer to holding ourselves and the beauty of ourselves in this moment in the not knowing so that we don't have to wait too long for that moment to arrive, you know? Like that's the practice, And I know this podcast was (laughs) kind of rambly and maybe didn't make a lot of sense. And if it didn't, it's because I can't make sense of my own life right now. You know, I love sharing those episodes where like, hey, guess what I've figured out. And that's not where I am. You know, and maybe that's not where you are either. Right. Maybe we're in this collective space right now where we're figuring out all the pieces of our healing and all the pieces of our of our lives that's okay so if I can leave you with one thing it's to hold yourself and to remind yourself that for every moment in your life when you weren't held and you needed someone there but no one came you can hold yourself now you can hold yourself now every part of you exactly the way you are hmm Thank you so much for being here with me now and thanks for giving me space to figure everything out. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them at yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.